0: Hello and welcome to the first Divided Opinion podcast. My name is Joel and I'm joined by Henry. How are you today, mate? Very good, thank you. Good, good to hear. Uh, We've certainly got a lot to get into. We've been debating when to start the podcast for a while, but after the news of the European Super League first circulated earlier in the week, we knew this week had to be the start of the Divided Opinion podcast. Over the coming weeks, we plan on recording a weekly show discussing everything that is, that has gone on within and around the game of football, or the world of football, I should say, uh, including reactions from that week's key results, transfer news, and just about anything this mental game throws up for us. Now on to the dreaded and deaded European Super League. The latest we have heard is basically that the European Super League is no longer. Um, according to Andrea Agnelli, I think I'm saying that right? Yeah. Uh, the chairman of Juventus and the European Super League, um, has admitted that without the Premier League's Big Six, the breakaway competition cannot go ahead as planned. Um, Following the English club's announcements, Atletico Madrid, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus all followed, confirmed their exits. And that just leaves Real Madrid and Barcelona as the only clubs yet to confirm their departure. uh, As Real Madrid president has kind of spearheaded it He's p- kind of been the fall guy, or I think he will be the fall guy for all this. Yeah. Um, he's still ad- adamant that although it failed this time, a league like th- of this type is
1: inevitable. What were
0: your first reactions when you first heard the news, Wes?
1: Um, well, first reactions. The first thing I heard about it was during the United Burn the game on Sunday. Mm. Obviously, it came through <laughs> to the commentators mid like halfway through the first half. And yeah. Obviously, no one then really knew much about it. I think the I think the Daily Mail or the Mirror they broke it during the game, and obviously Gary Neville had a few things to say about it during the first half, and, and then it came to light at half time when they were obviously it overshadowed the match, as you can imagine. Um, right at the beginning, I was just confused, obviously, because I didn't have any idea of what it would mean for for any of the clubs involved or what exactly like the format would be, or but then you start to hear things. How it's gonna replace the Champions League and how those chances of the clubs involved being taken out of the domestic competitions and other cups. So I think pretty quickly everyone sort of had the same feeling as this like it, it can't really happen. I think
0: yeah, that first it was the Liverpool Leeds, wasn't it? Wait, was that when that it first, first broke? Well the, you know, the first when it, was
1: it first broke during the Man United Burnley game last yeah.
0: Sunday. I just I gotta be honest i just thought it was a joke i thought the whole yeah. I, I just cannot believe how a, some news on that scale can just come out like that i don't know if yeah. they tried to and do it like, as well yeah i so don't know casually. yeah i don't know whether that was a tactic whether yeah. kind of let's put it out while other sh- stuff's going on
1: well yeah well, just... well i heard that the first thing obviously edward was meant to be one of the big pioneers in the thinking behind it and yeah. it's almost some sort of the people behind it their thoughts up that going uh, to that Solskjaer was only notified about any the first thing he'd heard about the Super League was about 20 minutes before kick-off against Burnley so that sort of tells you everything apparently Edward would said I'll explain the details after the game so you can only imagine what Solskjaer on the sideline of, of, of the game what he's thinking it, and the players at that point the players have no idea and I think that sums up that the people behind it's them or that morals it
0: sums up that basically the game we have allowed our game it's it's not it's not anywhere near the fans but it's even out of the it's out of the reach and the hands of those that even play the sport and even the managers and these people aren't
1: football people no they're they're american businessmen who who wants? Who have obviously more interests in like the glazers in their own in their own particular interest in the sports they follow. So NFL, uh, John Henry, uh, who's he's involved in MBA or whatever it is. Yeah, but it just shows that all they wanted to do was make take the model that they like and follow in their own country and put it into use in a different sport, which it was never going to run with any of the fans or people around the world. Even the players, I think it was really important that on the Monday, the Liverpool game, that Pete, especially James Milner, you could almost tell, even though he didn't want to say too much because at the end of the day, the club he's talking about are involved. So it's difficult for us fuming. You could tell underneath what he was saying, he was shaking almost. Yeah, I think it, it the timing of it all really does highlight the fact that these people know yeah. nothing about the game they know a the, zoom call to yeah. the players or the people at the club to let them know that they should they should be going up to getting the captains the, the players the, he, the senior players at each club and the managers and saying first what do you think about this proposal obviously we won't go ahead without you two but they've agreed to it without anyone any knowledge and how how can how can that be allowed? yeah it, at the end of the day it needs to be a democracy yeah well if, if i think i can't
0: remember who it was that i seen saying but They were basically saying that if if this european super league or a super league of some kind is what the people want and the broader fans we have a vote i don't know how you select who can take part in the vote but people vote and if if the overriding feeling is from what most fans that people want this then you can't really argue with it i think the it's left a bad taste in people's mouth just because of the sheer no one knew anything about it like I think as a football fan nowadays, we are so out of touch in in terms of just influencing our club's decisions, et cetera, and influencing the decisions of the powers that run the leagues, et cetera. But I do think we always thought that at least the the players or the managers, at least they kind of know what's going on. At least some football people are making decisions for us. In this case, it was a few businessmen sat around having a lunch, don't know where they were, Paris or something, it's just ridiculous uh, yeah. the but players
1: and the manager are in the exact same position as the fans completely yeah. in the dark
0: but I, I believe you've been looking into the supposed format of the super league if it yeah. was if it were to happen obviously now we know it's not going
1: to but still interesting yeah so the format it was it would have seen the, the original 12 teams so the six english clubs the three from italy and spain um three more were expected to be added we weren't sure who they would be i think there was obviously. They were wanting to get the two German powerhouses in. They they had declined it. They went for Porto. They declined. Uh, Ajax also had a think about it, but declined. So I'm not sure who the three others would have been. And then there would have been the following five teams to make it up to 20 would have been qualifying each season through their league format. But obviously the domestic competition said that they would remove them from the league. So I'm not sure how that would have worked. Uh, it would have been the same as Champions League, sort of. It uh, started in au- late August, early September. It would have featured two groups of ten instead of the Champions League, where you see three f- three teams playing each, each other twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so two groups of ten that have played home and away. Uh so that would have been 20 games for a group stage. That's just ridiculous in itself. Yeah. Uh, the top three from each group would make the quarterfinals. And then the fourth and fifth place sides in both groups would have played off in a playoff for the remaining two quarterfinal spots. Uh and then when it gets to quarter final and semis, it would have been sort of similar to Champions League. So uh two legged ties and then the final would have been a single leg match with a neutral venue. So the last stages were similar to Champions League, but the the amount of games that they would have had to play. It would never have worked with their domestic seasons. So, was the original proposal was with the thought that
0: the Premier League would still carry on? Yeah, but lights of FA Cup, EF, EFL Cup, or whatever we call it now, would have just been gone.
1: Uh, yeah, without them teams, I'd, i assume they would have carried on. The with... Carabao Cup, sorry. Yeah, but there were there were also plans for a women's competition. I think even Perez said something about bringing a second tier Euro- European Super League, so obviously to rival the Europa League. But I think with the amount of games that, were, that they were planning on playing, it would have. I think the main thing we would have saw if the teams had played dom- domestic football still, it would have damaged that the quality of that league massively because if they're playing twenty to f- twenty five to thirty games in the Super League, they're never that. There would be you'd see teams like Manchester United and Liverpool resting their big players for the premier league i suppose
0: it is kind of this it is it is this impact isn't it it's the commercialization of of these competitions before obviously the the um the importance of an fa cup was huge yeah. but now i think we've seen it already and but I, I do think this is the whole the thing of it is with the premier league like the um the switch from the first division to the premier league i don't think it was on the scale of what this super league was proposed to be but it is similar massive yeah it was similar and at the end of the day through the the amount of the sheer economic gain that that, the clubs can get through champions leagues europa leagues and the premier league these competitions don't care like integrity and heritage is just lost isn't it and that's i think that's the the overarching thing that's come out is that heritage me heritage to these people that know nothing about the game yeah. nothing about the history it it means nothing to them and you can't really blame them
1: that like they shouldn't be in our game but no. at the same time that's that's who they are that's why they think the way they do it's because of the, the their heritage and traditions it's just completely different to ours that's they just don't match and that's why they should be away from our game but there's no there's no way to say that these people the way they uh, treat their own businesses in their own country in their own teams in NFL NBA etc that that's the right way in their country but for us that it just it's just not the way we want to go about things.
0: and I think we've we've seen a lot of people in this period coming out and ba- basically the the, the real the, what makes the the English game so um, desirable and attractive is the fact that there is the bottom-bottom of non-league football can, in theory, get to the top of the Premier League. And I watch a fair bit of NFL, and I watch a bit of the colleges, I follow a bit of the college football as well, and there always, this doesn't seem, I don't I don't know much, but there doesn't seem to be anything outside of the NFL. There's no championship, like, I'm sure there is something, but there's no promotion. You can't promotion, you can buy your way in. Yeah. which I think is where we are going like, yeah. at the end that, of the that,
1: day. That was the, the main risk involved.
0: I mean, we're already seeing it with the likes of Inter Miami and stuff. I also saw, you know, Rory, um, the Chelsea fan. Yeah. Um, I've seen him talking, and apparently nowhere in writing does it actually say, really, European Super League. This is It's the Super League. Yeah. So we're going to end up, if it were to happen, we'd have the Inter Miamis. We'd have the Saudi Arabian clubs. Yeah,
1: the, the Brazilians, the Argentinians. Yeah.
0: And I suppose maybe maybe something like that should happen. Not in the way that it has happened now, but maybe some kind of world league, world kind of champions league. Don't know, whether, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. it doesn't sound like, in theory, from a football standpoint, I do think the cl- these clubs in Brazil, etc., these massive footballing countries don't really get the, the platform they deserve at the, end, at the end of the day. And that's, that's why you see these countries struggling to keep their talent, yeah. I mean, Brazil. Let's be honest. If the Brazilian league kept hold of the talent that they export to Europe, yeah, Europe, etc.,
1: they'd they have one of the best leagues in the world. Yeah, Definitely. Or just look at the, the Argentinian and uh, Brazilian national teams. And but that is it, though, isn't it? It's
0: like this European like Super League. We're all so against, but the Champions League, the biggest competition in the, in world football the Premier League one of the biggest probably the biggest league format yeah. we exclu- made their exclusive do You know, obviously yeah. the Premier League's English but the the Champions League is kind of I don't know there doesn't seem to be an equ- all I'm saying is there doesn't seem to be an equivalent but we're happy keeping out them countries aren't we we're yeah, happy keeping taking out the Brazil taking continue, their players
1: so, and their talent to to fund our own desires there's just a lot of contradictions isn't there? I think that comes into it as well with the especially obviously Gary Devlin Carragher they are they are brilliant, and I think they played a, quite a big role in stopping this. But at the same time, the companies they work for, Sky. I mean, Sky bought in the Premier League in 1992, and that saw the downfall of traditional old old first division clubs. So you've got like your your older athletics, um, them sort of teams that were in the first division for for long periods of time in the 70s and 80s. And the Premier League came in with a new TV rights deal and just blew them all away. Yeah. And that's why you see them loitering around the lower divisions now because exactly. they've gotten the, they've all the money was kept to the top so it wouldn't filter down to the bottom. And that's why we've got what we have to say with the Premier League with all these big, rich, expensive clubs. And even the gap from the top six money-wise to the rest of the league is just getting bigger and bigger.
0: I actually look at the Championship this season and I know there is a bar, like a Barnsley, have had an unbelievable season, and no one predicted that. And that does kind of encompass this attitude of inclusiveness. But we've also got Norwich have already gone up. I believe Watford are going to go up. Yeah. And then Bournemouth are also in the running. Yeah. So, in theory, we could see all three pro- demoted, relegated sides going back up again. And I, I wonder, what does that tell you? Those three clubs are. I don't know the stats, but I'd I'd assume well given the parachute payment, they've also got high talent, like very good Premier League level talent. I imagine they're they're the richest clubs in that in that league. I, I don't I might be wrong. But... Yeah, I think you'd probably be right. They're definitely up there,
1: and yeah, well it shows, doesn't it? Even in the Championship, the second tier, that there's still like you've still got your sort of your own Manchester, Man City's, Liverpool's, Chelsea's and yeah like you say if they all come up again all three i think it will show even a a bigger gap from say 23 clubs adding them into the premier league to the rest of the championship yeah
0: oh yeah i I was going to ask really about obviously gary neville has come out and he really has spearheaded this movement against the super league and i do i do agree with yeah i agree with what what he's saying i agree the sentiment behind it, I agree with fully. At the end of the day, football, us football fans, we needed, we needed a guy at the top. Because let's be honest, we all, we watch Sky Sports, we look forward to Monday Night Football because of the insight Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher offer. He's a powerful guy. Yeah. There are contradictions, like we said, I've said before, in he's working for Sky. I think these, we we. We, I think, we it's ridiculous to think that our, as a football fan, our reasons and motivations for not wanting the Super League align. Maybe not with Gary Neville. But I, f- I feel we do align with Gary Neville in, on some on some scale. But in terms of Sky Sports, in terms of the Premier League, in terms of UEFA, our interests do not align. No. And it is at tr- that's what they're trying to tell us. They're trying to tell us, we love football. We're for the fans. Football's for the fans. It's not for the fans. Football isn't. It that is. Was, that was lost years ago. Yeah. But if it's for the fans, lower ticket prices. Mm. People, we're not forgetting, we haven't forgot yet, that 19 Premier League clubs, apart from Leicester City, voted for football fans in a time of a pandemic where people had lost jobs to pay 15 quid per game.
1: Yeah, to watch Burnley versus Fulham.
0: On top of however much people are paying for Sky, Sky subscriptions, BT Sport, you also need to get Amazon Prime now to watch a few games. Uh, these people are, have not got our no. interests at heart. They haven't. They've got, and very, they've got short memories. It is, it's criminal to, for them to try and be telling us that they care. And I'm not saying Gary Neville doesn't care.
1: He's the voice of the people. Yeah. But also there will be certain interests in him that will keep him a bit more motivated to get these sort of things stops rather than what we think as a fan it, because at the end of the day he's he's enjoyed a 25 30 year career at one of the biggest clubs in england and then he's gone to sky where most of the money is well all of the money is really them and bt share it out so and, and yeah sky will be telling these people the pundits to push this agenda because they know full well if the super league happens and say the top six clubs in england got ripped out of their domestic leagues uh well their their revenue would probably drop by half because 100%. no one's gonna that the top six make up a lot of the viewing for each season
0: i've seen rumors that the likes of disney etc yeah. would de- Amazon, would Amazon take disney. the games
1: yeah I mean, it sums it all up, doesn't it? The Americanization of, the, of yeah. English football—that you'd probably be watching Liverpool versus Man City on Disney Plus. These these owners,
0: the um, the what's his name, Stan Kroenke, I, I Cronky, don't know how you yeah. say it. Uh, obviously, oh. the Glazers—they have seen it work in their country for them. Yeah. as terms of making money, it's worked. They basically looked at the biggest sport in the world. And thought, I want a piece of that pie. Well, they've got a big piece of the pie anyway, but they want all of it. They want all the pie.
1: It's just pure greed, isn't it? These people, they don't need any more money. They're multi-millionaires, probably verging on billionaires. They're just, all they think about at the forefront of their mind is making more money. And obviously, you saw John W. Henry come out with his apology, the Glazers coming out with their apologies yesterday it's all just they're just lying through their teeth they weren't they're only apologizing because they got caught out if all the if fans had turned around and said you know what this might be a good idea and didn't get in the the uproar was wasn't even half as what it was then they'd have been straight ahead of it now wouldn't they they wouldn't have pulled out no. edward would has been saying apparently to some of his close friends that the super league proposal was the biggest regret of his career the biggest mistake but that this is just because people didn't agree with them they were caught out they were left on their own it was Twelve businessmen against the world, yeah so they it, they were never going to win, no matter how much money they threw at it,
0: yeah, I do think it's a kind of a it was a case of them saying right let's let's throw this out there let's let's see how the football world reacts Cause let's be honest, we don't we don't have a clue what what anyone thinks, obviously, so let's chuck it out there and we'll make it sound pretty extreme, and let's see if we can you never know they might like it. Obviously they didn't. Now they go back to the drawing board and try and work out a way of phasing it in again. Yeah. I don't. This is not the last of it. Like it is not the last of it. This no. this is going to happen. The game is gone.
1: Every couple of years we're going to get a new proposal. Oh, what that was last year. That was the what, the project big picture. I'm not exact, exactly sure what that was, but that was to do with the big clubs basically getting a a bigger share of the TV money in the deals and the smaller clubs getting the same if not a lower lower percentage it is all to do with these big clubs just it's, it, get, it sort of links in with society doesn't it it's the same the rich people get richer and the poorer get poorer and that's what's happening to football yeah. they're just, they're, they disregard the other 95% of football in the pyramid who actually survive and rely on fans coming through the gates their fans buying their merchandise these clubs they've got enough money to run Without the fans, this is what the pandemic's shown. they f- had no fans in the ground. And yes, they might have lost bits of money, but these big clubs can survive. And this was their way of getting their money back, not by getting fans back in next season. It was by being greedy and trying to create an elite tier of clubs. And doing it when we're not there. And doing it behind <laughs> people's backs. So we're the, doing it with behind closed doors as well. The fact that they did it, the cheat they had to do it without even... Having the respect or the time to even have a, hold a Zoom meeting with their own players, who make them all this money, because these fans, all all of our, all of us, we go to watch these footballs. We don't go to sit there and watch Joel Glazer sat in the stands. Not, not saying he ever goes to Old Trafford, you know. They they need to realise that these players and the manager that keep the club going are the most important part with the fans because yeah. they provide the entertainment. And if they haven't even got the decency to turn around to them and say, "Look, here's a proposal." What do you guys think of it? Because at the end of the day you're the guys that will be playing here. You're the most important people. Yeah. I've got the DC <laughs> to say that then. What, what What? have they got? I
0: think they know though that if this Super League happens and these big clubs go even if those players their morals don't align with it are they then you got the, mo- the money that's going to be floating around in these leagues is going to be... We think football's bonkers now. It is going to be on a whole new level. In 10 years' time, yeah. If if a player... Kevin De Bruyne. Man, Man City have gone to the Euro- European Super League. They're, they've they got millions. They're signing the Harlands. everyone. De Bruyne turns around and says, oh, this is it. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. So what are my other options? Leicester City... The best team is say in the um, probably the most fina- financially uh, financially uh, adept in this the old Premier League, we will probably come to know it as for starters their TV money's been gone has gone like the amount of money they can make from uh, brandies etc is gone because everyone's gone to this Super League The yeah the TV money Sky won't, won't want to pay a loan of money for a league that no one's gonna watch mm. do you think De Bruyne's gonna go even if he doesn't agree with it. I think he's going to go to Leicester for what, 100 grand a week, or go to Man City. And I reckon these contracts in the Euro- European Super League, I think you'll see the first million a week contract.
1: Yeah, well, I think Erling Haaland will probably be the first player. That's what his agent's been talking about, as usual. But um, I bet that's a guy that's up for it. Mino um, I mean, Iola. I bet I'm, he's all I I'm over surprised it. he didn't have a, a main hand in the thought process behind it. Yeah. I'm sure he was definitely on the phone to all these owners saying, get it done, get yeah. it across the line.
0: I bet you knew about it. Would be interesting to know who did know. Mm. Did any of these managers know about yeah. it? Are they now acting like they don't? But I think what what we're getting at is, in terms of making like in making money and the broader spectrum of fans. These kind of, I hate it when people talk about like foreigners, or foreign fans, etc. Like, I, I, there's a place for them in the game. I've got nothing against people. I think it's ridiculous this argument of kind of. All the fans have got to be homegrown, live near, etc. But <laughs> those fans, sadly, are the ones that have got the money. The football now, the owners, etc. They care nothing for the working class fan that works all week to pay for his season ticket. Won't buy any merchandise. Aren't going to buy the six alternate kits they've bought out, or the, all the track suits and all the. The football don't care about the working class fans. What yeah. do you What do you think about that? Like. The football has gotten so far away that even the people that were there at the start, they don't matter.
1: I think it ties in with what Joel Glazer came out and said, that they were they wanted to focus on the future fan. And they basically refer to, they're probably talking about fans from Manchester who go week in, week out, who, who have given the club so much, he referred to them as legacy fans, whatever that's supposed to mean. Basically, meaning that they're old school, they're dying out, mm-hmm. and this and this was for the future fans. So, brought people abroad, overseas, and you're right, they're the people that are going to spend all the money on the track suits, the hats, the scarves, because they're they're just fanatical fans, and they've never been. Most of them haven't ever been to Manchester, never mind Old Trafford. And there's nothing wrong with them doing this because they're providing money for these clubs. But this is where it gets difficult because. They're doing this so often. It's such a massive audience now that the clubs have looked at it and thought, you know what, we could just, we just want more and more of this. Let's just fade and push out because they, would, the club, the owners would prefer rather than someone coming from round the corner of their house, coming around to Old Trafford. who lives two miles away, mm. and just coming in his own clothes and having his ticket, buying his ticket or using his season ticket, and going to one of the local pubs beforehand. They want these people that are going to f- f- spend money coming over here, pay double the prices for tickets, buy all the merchandise in the shop beforehand, take all these selfies and photos, buy all the drinks and food in the stadium, and just make as much, suck as much money out of these people as they can. Because yeah. these people, as much as they are massive fans, they are naive to the idea. These these are like overseas fans. They don't understand what fans from our country see, as we we've come from these traditions.
0: We have we debate about it as well, don't we? If with obviously Beardo, shout out Beardo. Um, he's obviously from Manchester. He's grown up. He's been brought up as a Man United fan. Yeah. And we always have the argument about all these these fan channels, etc. And he thinks they make money off the club uh, and that uh, they shouldn't be doing it. And they're not from Manchester. But the the, the bottom line of it is, Manchester United are not Manchester United. Because of their Manchester fans, yeah. Their Manchester Manchester United, the the biggest club in the world. They've got their fruit, these the amount of fans that they've yeah. got in Asia, Africa, everywhere. Like that's how they've got so big. Yeah. And you like you enjoy the big old Trafford. You enjoy watching the best players in the world. Those players are there. Obviously, there is heritage. There is yeah. there is a part of the, United yeah, that has built up,
1: built out of tradition
0: you there's no way you'd be at the level there's no way that you'd have the most revenue in the world if it wasn't for these uh, these foreign fans yeah you're right right so you've been looking at some stats and facts from the super league
1: yeah um i did a bit of research and so basically prior to the collapse of the super league which was yesterday when all the clubs pulling out it was said that all of the involved teams would first when they first joined have a share of a 3.5 billion pound pot between 12 teams which is ridiculous ridiculous Um, JP Morgan which is an American financing company uh, they're based in New York they were going to finance the league Mm. Um, it would be a cost of 264 million pound a season which would be paid down over 23 years so That just the sort of 264 million pound a year is absolutely it's ridiculous money um the super league organizers were looking for a four billion pound a year deal in media rights so obviously as we were talking amazon and disney were 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 the front runners for the likely buyers so yeah i think that that shows that that amazon and disney that even the americans don't understand like the roots because we've as fans of English teams we've grown up haven't we with like all our dreams we've been watching Super Sundays with you know Martin Tarley might be a bit past it now that's our that's how we grew up didn't we yeah listening to these commentators and these these commentators were with us and all these pundits following all the same special moments that we've 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 shared since we were been watching football so you can just imagine for imagine for us especially for Americans it might be no different because they're used to it these channels that broadcast their games but People in our country would never be able to get ahead. Round we'd have two American commentators on the Disney Plus channel commentating on some uh, of the biggest games in England.
0: I think in in essence we we are selfish, aren't we? Yeah, like, we, we self- want it to stay the same. Mm-hmm. We want we want our game to stay the same. We want it to be our game.
1: But it's our game. We do we don't go over to America and try and change the formats of the NBA's, the NFL's. True. This this was this has been brewing for years. Like probably as a Man United fan myself, you can. We've seen this sort of thing coming for ever since the Glazers took over 2005. It was always going to happen. It was there was always had issues with the Glazers taking dividends out of the club, paying themselves, not investing as much as they should in the club. Like you you go down, you go to Old Trafford, and it's it's visibly like outdated. It's you see all these new stadiums coming through. The Tottenham Stadium, Everton getting a new stadium. Old Trafford, there's leaks in the ground. It's not been cleaned for years. It they've not even had the time or invested money to give the stadium a deep clean and it just it's looking de- outdated and old It's
0: funny as I'm talking about integrity and stuff. I I probably thought Old Trafford was like that for a reason. Like they were it, because it was trying to keep it traditional. No, well, actually it was just
1: them trying to cut costs. Yeah, you can look at Old Trafford and even if it, it it is a old a sort of old school stadium in a way. It's not one of these brand new super Modern stadiums, but you you want to have it if you want to give it a bit of well you'd say that like TLC sometimes, don't you? Give it a clean and just nothing get, it's just nothing's been invested in the right places at Manchester United for years, and I think this is the sort of final nail in the coffin. And as you you saw the fans now at Carrington this morning, they're barricaded the players' cars from getting into Carrington. They they've broken in and they're they're on the on the first team training pitch with banners. Are they? Yeah. Outside, seen that. outside the reception doors, have broken to Carrington. Yeah, and none of the players are getting into the training ground.
0: Oh. Well, yeah, we are recording this quite early, so that's that's why I haven't that's seen breaking it. Breaking news. That? Yeah, <laughs> breaking news from. Yeah. Um in terms of obviously the guy that's been leading this and has been at the forefront in the media, he seems to have been the guy. I don't know. I don't think he's the vice chairman or something. But Florentino Perez, the uh, Real Madrid president, I think he is going to come off the worst yeah. from this out of everyone. Yeah, and he's yeah. been fighting it down to the ground. Yeah, he's
1: still going.
0: Like, as some of the quotes we've got here, so he believes, he said the move had been made because young people are no longer interested in football because of a lot of poor quality games. What do you think about that?
1: It's, ri- it's ridiculous. I, think. I
0: don't know what he defines as no longer interested in the game. Yeah. Does he think interested in the game is that paying Sky subscriptions? Because young people, for starters, how many young people our age do you know that are paying for a Sky subscription? Forking out a £70 yeah. And also, do you think maybe it's because young people have been priced out of the game? Yeah,
1: yeah a... that's exactly it. When young people haven't lost interest in football. Everyone loves football as much as... I think the worldwide, people, more people love football now than there, there ever have been. But I think young people are probably uh, they're, more, they're more tired and less interested in being priced out of the game yeah even if you can't go to a ground and can't make you can go and watch your team every week and even then you're still paying the best part of 60 to 70 pound a ticket if you can't watch it you've still got to find a way around that by paying a subscription to sky bt and then like you say earlier they're putting games on amazon it's just the problem is them he's talking about these problems but yeah. he is that these people are the problem these are the people pricing Club, fans out of their own clubs.
0: He also said, "Whenever there is change, there are always people that oppose it." I mean, I don't know what he's referencing there. As what's what's he trying Everyone to liken it to? It. Like we've had a lot of things in the past that have changed for good, and there were people that opposed it, but that doesn't. I don't. Know,
1: yeah, I don't even know what he's trying to say there. Well, I think I think we all know the the main reason behind Perez's thoughts about this competition is definitely the fact that Real Madrid over the because of the pandemic they've lost something like 400 million euros and he's not used to not being able to go out and sign all these Galacticos when his team aren't doing great I mean Zidane has turned it around this season for Real Madrid and they are doing well through to semi-finals but I think his main reasons were selfish reasons not for all the, he's, he's talking about it will be better for the whole football pyramid when in fact it's gonna it would have made it ten times worse and made the gap bigger but he's just thinking his own interest of getting Real Madrid back up to being the super club that they were a few years ago when people like Ronaldo were there
0: yeah in reference back this what I was going to say in reference back to what you were saying about young people not being interested any longer I think that's just absolutely ridiculous I think even we're gonna we're seeing now I don't know if he keeps an eye on where most young people are social media the Twitter scene and I would just it's incredible how obsessed people are with football yeah. and people my age are. It's a constant flood. And we've seen it with the European Super League. We can see why Twitter is such a great platform. Because yeah. over the last week, it's been a forum for people to just voice what's wrong with it. And at the end of the day, that is the likes of Gary Neville are so important because as football fans, a lot of us see this stuff and we might not be able to pick out in our head what's wrong with it. We might see European Super League and think, oh wow, there could be some really good games, good games to watch, etc." But that's why people like Gary Neville, that uh, are in the game, that are hard, he's he's a powerful person in the world of football. It's so important that they tell us what's going, what is, like what these things mean to, for us yeah. at the end of the day. That we're not just being led down a dark path with a blindfold on, not really knowing what's going on. That's why it's so important that like, they are educating the the, yeah. f- the average football fan because I've got to be honest from the start you you think you think to yourself oh yeah because everyone else getting riled up you're like oh yeah yeah this is awful but actually you start to think like what what is like what is it going to be bad about etc. that's why these people are so important it's
1: crazy yeah it's crazy you've you've seen when have you ever seen Liverpool Man City Chelsea fans all coming together almost as if they all support the same club. Exactly, because they realise there's a bigger, there is a bigger issue out there, and the bigger issue is damaging all of the clubs in the same way. So we're all in the same boat when it comes to match days, and you play each other again, it will still be the same feeling and maybe hatred towards the two sets of fans and the teams. But when it comes to something like this, it's it's a bigger picture, and I think it's it's amazing to see the whole world of football yeah. just rally together in such yeah. a massive group. And part of you does
0: have to. Uh I think it's the least like people like the Neville's Linickers could do. But probably he does have to, on a human level, you have to respect the fact that Gary Neville, if he'd really wanted to, he could have earned a lot, a lot of money. Probably tripled what he's earning now from Sky. From, I mean, obviously, you'd argue that he doesn't need money. He's got businesses coming out of his ears or whatever. But at the end of the day, I do appreciate it. I know there are contradictions and the likes of Sky... Premier League want it to stay the same because at the end of the day they're making money from the system that is now and if the system changes it does make that uh, argument what do they what do the Premier League actually offer what are they like they're just a the kind of a, a company that oversee this league they don't really have any any leg to stand on they've got nothing to do you know what I mean yeah. if like if they're in a dangerous position because it's all good now or it was all good but really, if these players and these clubs don't want to play in the Premier League any longer, or the yeah. Champions League...
1: They lose everything. Yeah. They lose the audience, the fans.
0: I mean, we've even seen that the World Cup, etc., wasn't going to, like, would just stop. Mm-hmm. because And players wouldn't be allowed to play in that. The World Cup, the most watched, and the most anticipated sports competition in the world, and that was just going to be ripped away. Like, the most magical moments... Supporting your club and also supporting your country, it just meant right. nothing.
1: It was yeah. Even at the start of the week with the Liverpool Leeds game, you sort of it just it was such a bombshell on. But I think both of us, but obviously everyone in the world, that you, and I was even thinking ahead to the United games coming up. And I was thinking I I literally have no sort of push or desire to want to watch that because what does finishing second or in the top 4
0: mean well, this is this interesting actually because we have got two we call it divided opinion for a reason we've obviously got you you're a Manchester United fan you were in the position of well, you probably the most powerful club in the country you were going to the super league and everything that you could have benefited from that i'm a Leicester fan obviously i've got a, another point of view because we supposedly aren't a big big six club even though we've we've probably been the fourth best team yeah, fourth best team in in the country. Arsenal, you're telling me Arsenal and Tottenham have been better. But anyway, yeah. How did you feel as a Man United fan going into the European Super League? How did that
1: make you feel? And would you be? You know, what, was, yeah, no, it was awful. I I actually the Sunday night and the Monday night when when there was when I was still unfortunate, I, I did still think it this had power, and I thought, you know what, these people aren't going to stand down. They don't care about us, so why would they stand down? This is all for them. Uh, it, I was thinking, I, I'm, I'm not sure. The first twenty-one years or so of my life, obviously, I've been a Man United fan, and all oh, I've grown up on these great moments, going to Old Trafford, watching these superstars play like the heroes, and I just thought that. It, Within the space of 24 hours, I might have lost all that because I wasn't sure how I could go about the rest of my life watching Man United play.
0: And everything you'd won, every Champions it League, no, it would have been nothing. every Premier League, basically by starting European Super League, it. you're saying, that means nothing. Yeah. we who started something new years now. years of history. Who cares about... We start. No one talks about first division titles, do they? No. Everyone talks about, oh, da-da-da's yeah. not ever won a Premier League or they've only won one Premier League, Liverpool, have only won one Premier League. So that's discounting. Yeah, everything before.
1: So, Premier League would have been discounted, Champions yeah. League, and they were even. I think Perez was saying that they wanted to transfer all their Champions League trophies over to the Super League. So, Real Madrid starting off with thirteen Super League titles. I mean, I'm not sure how UEFA would have felt about that.
0: I'm sure he would engineer it for Madrid to come out better off. Yeah, um, but yeah, just from a from a Leicester supporters' point of view, my I mean, my club. It, it it's the last two weeks have kind of been a double header of just making you lose, lose love with the game because obviously we saw the, the players breaking COVID regulations ahead of the, our biggest game of the season against West Ham, which I can't be honest was probably the worst I've ever felt after that West Ham game is probably the worst I've ever felt due to football. Like just to to feel let down, that feeling yeah. of feeling let down and feeling like as a fan that's paid 400 quid as uh, my family, we've paid four hundred quid for a season tickets for free season tickets that we've not been able to sit in, and these players, then we've not had. Well, obviously it's been subsidised a bit, but we we had we ha- literally haven't been to a game. We haven't had any benefits really from it. No. I think we've had a scarf sent in the post, yeah. and these players they haven't taken any wage cuts. They're they're still earning all the money. They're still living their life. And obviously, they, yeah, there's, there's still everything else is normal for them. All the essentials that they need, money, etc., is is normal. Yeah. All they had to do was not go to a party. All the club captain, Wes Morgan, had to do was not break COVID regulations. As a 30-what-year-old man, to not go to a party. Like yeah. We've been putting him on loyalty contracts for m- years as well. But anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> Basically, I felt let down there by my club. And now, I've been made to feel let down by the six big clubs. It just it just reminds you as well because we are Leicester. I love it. I love us for it. We are the reason why these clubs are, are scared. Yeah. With the reason final Fan, financial fair play was put in it was to stop clubs like Leicester going from a lower level, a championship team. A regulation fighting team. League and then a Premier team. League, yeah. A Premier League winning team. I think and that, and I've, let's be honest, everyone thought we were going to go down or maybe be a mid-table team. But we've stood the test of time. Yeah. We've showed that although our game isn't perfect, as we know it, it is like there's a there is a beauty to that. Leicester City. We all thought before Leicester City that the game was going far and further away, and the gap was getting bigger and bigger, and that it was impossible for these lower teams yeah. to even put a dent on the top level like, the top. Like we might get one team a season
1: that may come sick for something. Well, I think this yeah, it it's the whole thing with these clubs. I, th- I think it goes more especially for Arsenal and and Tottenham because uh, obviously they don't play around with the most cash. And they are, as much as people call them big clubs, they're, they're not massive, are they? Arsenal, they were big. No. But, but they're scared, yeah, they, you're right, they are scared. They're, they're petrified of the thought of someone like Leicester or West Ham coming f- from behind and overtaking them and knocking them out of their top, their big sixth place. So they wanted the security of not having to qualify for anything anymore. And just being given the reassurances, there you go. Your Arsenal, your Man City, your Man United, you can go in that league, and you've got no, you can't be relegated, and you're going to get the same amount of money every season.
0: At the end of the day, if you're a football fan, you love the Leicester City story. If you know football, you love the Leicester City story. And that story, by starting the European Super League, that story, they were basically just saying like,
1: taking it away. Yeah,
0: Leicester have done all this amazing work. Means nothing. Let's just stop it in this track. Like this is not good for football, like for us making the foot, like making all the money. It's just shocking. It really is shocking, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you've hit a nail on the head. Obviously, we've seen how like um, important fan power is, and I think it's been important for football fans to realise the power we do have to make a change if we all get around and unite. What else would you like to change if you could?
1: Well. Come up with a couple of things I'd like to change. Well, it's not really me coming up with it because I'm agreeing with loads of fans around it. But the fifty plus one rule, which is seen in the in the Bundesliga mainly, I'd I'd love to see that come into play in England. What's that explain that? Um so the fifty to one rule is basically fans hold the majority of the voting rights at the club. So anything from new proposals for new leagues, so this Super League obviously it would never have gone ahead. Uh, any changes to current formats of leagues, vote, even when it comes to some sort of voting on transfers. The the owners obviously have a fan base who are part of the club who can make them decisions. So the 50 plus one basically means that they need a 51% majority vote on any of these decisions from the fans to, to go ahead with it and sign papers. So I think that would be a massive step. So you'd get fans from all, all teams in in England and you'd feel so much more assured knowing that you've got a, a core group of supporters who respect the club and the traditions and the communities and put them first when thinking about these decisions yeah. rather than just having being in the dark and letting these owners come and make these decisions for you. I think that is
0: so important, is that we have people in these rooms, in these boardrooms, that have our interests at yeah. heart. Because it is so important. And people will think, if you don't understand football... You will be thinking that oh, it's a bit of an overreaction, but it isn't like yeah. this it like genuinely, if that European super League happens bye bye to the rest of the whole English pyramid, yeah, the money is ri- e- these clubs are struggling as it is, that is the worst thing about it, well, but it would have been bye bye to football these me. clubs are at their absolute lowest at the moment, they're literally just fighting to stay alive, yeah, and these oh it's, it it's, it's just shocking,
1: but I think. Ticket prices need yeah. to go down. Well, I think that's where that's where the 50 plus one rule comes into yeah. it because it's the German model and we've all been in awe of the German model as obviously you've seen the protests in the last few years regarding like 20s plenty for an away ticket. Like I think saw something stupid like not, like a, a top level Arsenal season ticket something like two and a half grand and a average price for buying Munich season ticket who were the, the European champions is about 205 euros shocking for, for an adult as well this is and that's where the, these clubs and the majority vote would come into it because they could on these sort of issues like t- ticket prices as well they can the clubs the, the, the fans can come in and say no this is this is the cap we want on it obviously you've got to you've got to have some sort of leeway for the club still to make money yeah and then still provide for you with quality on the pitch and investments but these sort of this rule would be perfect
0: what happens to Bundesliga? Because I do, if this happens, say it does happen, say even in five years, ten years' time, and they still have the same stance of rejecting it, what happens to the Bundesliga then? Does Do they re- remain like their integrity? And oh. do then all the players go off to the Bundesliga? Does that become the biggest yeah, league in the world? Yeah, that was
1: one thing I, we were looking at the other night, wasn't it? That if all these players were uh, really opposed to playing in the Super League, you could imagine like a big... Flood into the Bundesliga, and obviously the two German teams still playing in the Champions League, it could have that could have been created as a new Premier League. But I don't think even they'd want that because that would only cause owners such as the Glazers and John W. Henry to to start sniffing around the Bundesliga because they've got all the best talent and the TV deals. And I think I've, I yeah, you've got to set your hats off to the Germans, have not you? They have always had the same stance, yeah, and kept the same morals and integrity, and it's something that you can applaud.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, it's something I envy.
1: Yeah, massively as a Premier
0: League um, fan. Um, is there anything else you wanted to discuss that you?
1: Yeah, well I, well, I thought similar to that fifty-plus one, but I think I'd love to see like the Premier League or the FA bringing a regulation for for the so, so these owners. Obviously, we in our best interest, we'd love to just get them out, wouldn't we? Just take them out of the league, send them back to America, and just let them focus on their stuff there. But obviously, providing you're not going, that's not going to happen. they still going, Most of them probably will stay, no matter how much they say they're going to rebuild relationships. Um, I'd like to see a regulation where these owners have to prove and reassure and sign papers to say that they're going to invest a certain amount of their money into that club each year for the own interest of the club and the fans. And I suppose communities so they, as well. Yeah, so they can't pull two, three million pounds worth of dividends to pay pay themselves each year like the Glazers do. They'll take an extra few million out of the quid every year rather than put that to transfers and work in the community in the club. They just line their own pockets and sit on a beach somewhere in Florida.
0: I think at the end of the day we need to be assured that and I know they, they went to the Super League, but we need to be insured assured the owners if they're gonna come and reap the rewards of the premier league and what it has to offer they have to assure to us that they're going to do it in the same model that the manchester city owners did it in Mm. where you yeah you invest a lot into the football and i'm sure they're doing well like i'm sure they're not i don't know actually to fair maybe they are making a loss but i'm sure they're benefiting somewhere and i think it is a status thing more than anything but you need we need to see money going into the community Money going into the women's game, money going into the youth setups. There needs to be some kind of system where they have to a certain money comes in, they have to put a certain money out, invest yeah. a certain amount of money.
1: Yeah, Do you know what definitely.
0: I think yeah, they we need to see some benefit.
1: And these big... Uh, obviously, they've got no, they've got no right, and they've no one's saying they have to, but. It, these throughout this sort of time we've had in the pandemic, these big clubs they should sort of be helping these lower league clubs because you they look at Arsenal and a few months ago they made fifty five Stafford and even Gunnar Yeah, was, poor probably bloke. on what a few hundred quid a game, and but while still doing that, they were behind closed doors talking about how they could get their share of a three and a half billion pound prize money pot for joining the Super League.
0: Yeah, but should we finish up on what kind of what punishment needs to happen? what what would you think for these big six clubs what if if you were
1: in charge now what how would you punish them uh, it's di- it's difficult isn't it because you're speaking from a fan point of view who's part of one of these big six clubs
0: but take that bias away
1: just imagine um, imagine it doesn't it's no detriment to
0: your club take
1: man united yeah. out of it oh, i'm not a man united fan in this sense i do think they sh- they should all Obviously, because there's only so much you can do with a fine. Because these clubs are so much money, you could fine them any amount of money, and it wouldn't make a difference. So, you'd have to say the only sort of realistic punishment would be points deduction, or starting from next season a points deduction. So, say all all six clubs start on minus fifteen, twenty points, and it would. I tell you what, it'd make next season so much more, and be a lot more interesting having them them six clubs in the relegation zone for the first half of the season. I agree. I I, I agree. Because I think point yeah, deductions is the yeah, only way. Clubs, when they get, you've looked at Chef Wednesday this season. They started on minus twelve points. Clubs and fans, the players and the fans, they shouldn't be punished because it has nothing to do with them. But at the same time, when clubs get into financial trouble through administrators going into liquidation, they get d- deducted points, and the fans and the players suffer. So there shouldn't really be any reason why it should be any different now. And I don't
0: I don't I don't think the fans are at fault obviously but the fans the players the managers those that didn't have any part in this they have to feel the repercussions so they can understand the mistakes that their bosses the people that run the game they made and then they can the people at the top can really feel the repercussions yeah it's a step-by-step thing Yes, and people are gonna have to lose out the fans have to lose out because of the mistakes their owners have made and then, as a fan, you should realise what is going on at the top of your club. You, and, a, and a player and a manager. You have to realise, like, this has to happen for you to realise the cost of these decisions being made. It's, it's a sad thing to say, but the fans do have to, do have to take certain amount yeah. of the punishment not because of what they did wrong, yeah. but because of the people that run their game.
1: It's important for the players as well in that respect, isn't it? Obviously, the players don't deserve to be punished because they're the ones who put the hard work in and yeah. give the fans stuff to shout about. But I think even if you if they did get points deducted, I think even the players, then it would give them more of an incentive to turn around and take take it to the board themselves and say, look what you're doing to us. This Through your greed and just selfishness, you're now... You're now. It's not benefiting anyone. hundred You're damaging the club, damaging the players, damaging the manager. You've thrown. You've, they've thrown all these owners. They've thrown their whole clubs under the bus, massively. Because at the end of the day, people like as much as Jurgen Klopp was. I did. I thought he was made. He made himself look pretty stupid on Monday night with the Gary Neville stuff. But he's. You can feel for him because he stood there in front of the media, knowing full well that they're just going to bombard him with questions about the Super League. And he's got to try and keep a balanced view from the fact that he, inside, Jürgen Klopp will hate this idea. But he's also there with all the eyes on him from the people that employ him and pay him. So that's why I think he took it the wrong way. Yeah. But it's so hard for these people and the players. And they don't deserve to be punished, but the players need to feel it as well.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, they need to realise that they, they have got a say. And they need to, I think these pundits and the players the people that are in the um they're in the system and that have can have a say that we need to know that there's people in there that are talking for the fans definitely and that's what i appreciate from the gary Neville's etc whether they're whether they whether he has got a, some kind of motivations money wise etc mm-hmm. which i'm not saying he does i don't mind as long as he's fighting for what fans believe in what fans want that's, that's it um should we round off there yeah um so yeah, that was the first divided opinion podcast. Uh thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll get it up soonish. Um, hopefully on all good podcast platforms that'll have us. Yeah. Um thanks for joining me, Westy. Yeah, thanks. Very um, brilliant. That's yeah, enjoyable. It was very enjoyable conversation. Thanks, Ari, as well, uh helping produce thank the Harry podcast. The producer. <laughs> He's the brains behind it all. <laughs> um but yeah, thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.